On this episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're going to talk about bugging in in the city. This Survival Dispatch video is brought to you by Nutrient Survival. Nourish your body, power your mind. And we're back with Survival Dispatch News. And today we've got a great topic about bugging in when you live in a city. But before we get to that, make sure, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you click the bell icon next to it to get notified every time we upload a new video here on Survival Dispatch. And we are doing that on the daily. But today here on the panel, we have my beloved and esteemed co-host, Mike Sterling. How are you doing, brother? Happy to be back. It is good to have you back. Uh, Mike has had a, a short absence from SDN, but we are back at it again. And so we had this interesting topic that was presented to us about bugging in in the city. And this presents a lot of different challenges compared to somebody who wants to bug in in the country or even in the suburbs for that matter. Uh, so, Mike, what do you think about all of this? You know, how different is it bugging in in the city? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, after we got this, uh, after we got this dropped on us uh, last week, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, I, I, the both of us actually did quite a bit of research on this and uh, tried to get smart on this or smarter on this. Um, and it, I'll tell you what, it is not an easy show. So there's a lot of historical precedent. Uh, for people that have survived in urban centers, it's not impossible to survive in an urban center. Absolutely not. Um, it is just extremely difficult to survive in an emergency or in a uh, in an urban scenario. And uh, going down this, uh, Chris here and I, we kind of decided that we were gonna we we're gonna track on two different uh, parallel lines here. Uh, the first one is going to be our more, most likely, which is going to be natural disaster. Your city is just gone, right? You're, you're in new Orleans for Katrina or you're in, or, you know, you're, you're in Tampa for a, you know, for a big hurricane or something like that. Um, and then the other, uh, the other line, uh, was the area that honestly there's there's a lot more data for but it is the absolute worst and that is a city under contest and that is a situation where you have got you have got two different warring factions trying to take the city and uh, you know one is holding it one's trying to take it away from them and you're stuck you're stuck in the middle and there's a whole bunch there was a ton of historical precedent on that from Stalingrad Beirut Warsaw, um, looking at Sarajevo, um, heck, uh, there were plenty of times that you saw uh, in Ramadi and in uh, and, and cities like that where there are all kinds of fighting going on and people just trying to survive and you can't necessarily get out. You're just kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean, even today uh, with what's going on over in Eastern Europe and Ukraine, there are things happening like that right now. So if you don't believe that this could happen to you, trust me, it can. You know, one of the things that, you know, as far as like, you know, talking about factions, you know, vying for control, you know, of course, we go to the grand, you know, World War II scheme, you know, thought process on that. But if if we have like a grid down event here and there are, you know, warring factions, do different gangs on each side of town that are trying to take over the town. It's no different uh, than two countries vying for the control of a city. So right. this is very possible. I mean, especially you think about everything going on on the southern border right now uh, with all of the, the the cartels and things like that. There's a lot of stuff 
uh, you know, here happening in North America and the United States right now that we need to be aware of and prepared for. So this is definitely something that could happen, especially going into winter. There's potential for power outages, things like that, any prolonged power outage. And you're going to see, uh, you know, some people with less than honest intent pop up and try and, you know, take advantage of the situation. And I think we need to be prepared for that. Concur. <clears throat> so let, let's talk about this here, because obviously... Most of our the people in our audience would be like, okay, the, the first plan, and of course we talk about this as well, is we want to, to bug in. That's obviously first option because you've got all of your preps in one place for the most part, uh, unless you've spread your preps out, which is, of course, a good thing too if you can do that. But doing that in the city is going to be really hard. It's not like you can go down to Central Park, dig a hole, and you know stick an ammo can down in there. I think the local PD is going to take exception to that. So. Well, the uh, local homeless people are going to see you do it in the first place. So That's true, and they'll just take your stuff, so it ain't going to yeah. be there. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the most part, the plan is to to bug in or bunker in, depending on what you want term you want to use. But, you know, that looks a lot different in the city than it does in the country. Because, I mean, the country, we've got a lot more, you know, landmass between us and potential bad guys, whereas in the city, it's they're everywhere. Yeah, you uh, you no longer have you no longer have space, and if you don't have if you don't have space, you have a problem. Right. Uh, I think you know there there are a lot of different aspects to bugging in in the in the city because not only do we have you know less space to work with, uh, we also have more threats around us, and of course there are definitely threats out in the country as well. Typically, you can kind of get a better view on them, so to speak, whereas if you're trying to, you know, go scavenge or gather things while you're in the city, there could be something around the corner and that could be the end of it. And so uh, let's talk about, you know, maybe looking for supplies. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, well, if it goes down, I'll just scavenge whatever I need. And I, I, that, that seems incredibly dangerous, especially when you're in the city. And, you know, just think about the weight. What if you need to go for water? How far are you going to have to go and how are you going to carry it back? Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? So that was uh, logistics was the number one statement from everybody uh, that they they said that was the most difficult thing to maintain while they were there. Uh, predominantly water and food and fuel. Those are the three things that those are your priorities because you've got a you've got a build you've got buildings all over the place. So you essentially you have shelter right but your 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 water your food and your fuel were tough um so from water trying to find clean water uh turns impossible almost immediately what was it that they said in that book that you're gonna uh, that that city survivors tend to drink a lot of green and brown water yeah yeah uh and that's that's just that's just bad news so you're gonna wind up uh, and with the sheer volume of water that you actually need, you're going to wind up having to clean that water. There, you just don't have a choice. So sand filters and the like are are, are a big thing. Um, food, of course, there's a lot of food laying around in cities at first, but that food goes that food goes pretty fast. So um, then there's you know the whole problem. Okay, you know, so we can scavenge. Well, okay, there's cats and dogs and, and, and pigeons and rats. Okay, so there's there's food to be had. 
All right. But, uh, you know, trying to get additional food on the outside is that's just tough. But uh, a lot of the people that, that I did read about there, they had good uh, they had good options when it came to uh, raising rabbits and raising pigeons. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of that because they're quiet for the most part. That that was one of the big things. Um, and then uh, and then fuel. And this is a big one in Sarajevo that I that I read about. Several different people that were in Sarajevo said the exact same thing was getting fuel to be able to stay warm or to um, or to cook or 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 you know anything to provide power, whatever, right? You know, because you're you're cooking, you're providing power, you're you know any of that. Um, so you got to get fuel, be it wood, be it gasoline, whatever. Um, be prepared to steal. And be prepared to just strip wood out of buildings. And that's if those buildings haven't already burned down, because those armies will have a tendency to, uh, especially if you're on the uh, if, if you're on the defensive side, there's a distinct possibility that you're going to just burn down sections of the city just to clear killing grounds. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, obviously, these cities are all built very close together. So if a fire starts and there's no emergency services, which in either of these type of disaster scenarios is highly probable that emergency services is going to be overwhelmed. If a fire starts, it may be incredibly difficult for that thing to stop. I think they were saying in, in Stalingrad, it basically burned for like two weeks straight. Yeah. Uh, and like, you could feel the heat from the fire, like two kilometers away. It was yeah. crazy. It just was how much, bad. yeah, just how much it lit up and just how much it went and there's nothing you can do. And that brings up another point kind of talk about like if you're planning on surviving in the city where you live right now you kind of have to have a plan to be a little bit more mobile than you would if you were in the country if you had a you know a more remote bug out location where you could bunker in uh, because the potential for threats is so higher in the city because of the population density yeah you've got to absolutely stay semper gumby uh you know always Almost flexible twice. you nice. you cannot you cannot say, okay, I'm going to sit in this place and all my stuff is going to be in this place. Um, that was the one thing that I saw in a lot of different places. Um, if it was a city under contest, you've got to be prepared to move. Even if it's a, even if it's in a city that's, um, that's, you know, like, like uh, New Orleans or something, you've got a lot of bad actors running around. So you have to be prepared. And I, I think a lot of them said that they had, they would have like three to five um, nightly hide spots and they would go to the, one of those places and that's where they would stay all their, all their supplies and everything like that. They would cash, um, in, in basements or pipes or walls or wherever they could. And they didn't carry hardly anything with them because they expected that they were going to get robbed and beat up, um, I, either be it by gangs or by soldiers, um, or other survivors, uh, pretty much any time. So if you don't have anything on you, they're not going to be able to take it from you. So, uh, yeah, having to be flexible like that, that's tough. That is really tough and not, you know, not sleeping. Say you've got, you know, you've got a rabbit hutch and some, you know, and, and, and some pigeons or something up on a building top. You only visit that to do what's absolutely necessary and you don't stay there. 
Um, it's it's a completely different methodology of of survival than I think anything that a lot of us are used to. Um, but it is uh, you, you can't get too attached to the things that you do have. You have to live exclusively through caches, um, and it's just kind of it is gonna suck. Absolutely. You know, I, th I think that's a really interesting concept is, you know, having multiple locations that you can go to. And obviously in like a, a Katrina scenario, that's probably not going to be the case so much. But uh, again, having places where you can go, you know, maybe having friends or people, you know, just be like, hey, you know, can I sleep on the couch here tonight or something like that? I just I can't make it back to my apartment tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, something along those lines. But in a real, you know, like city under siege scenario. Yeah, you may have to sleep somewhere, you know, that you're not used to. And I think that, like you said, it's really difficult for us to comprehend that because we're so used to just coming home every night, right? After work, we come home, we sleep in our bed. Uh, and if you're planning to stay in the city during one of these scenarios, that might not be the case. So really kind of getting those street smarts that, uh, you know, just that knowledge of where danger is, you know, where it's safe, where it isn't, is going to be so important uh, to just staying alive and being safe in a, you know, in a scenario where everything's out there to get you for lack of a better term. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bad environment for, for somebody who's caught in the, in the in-between. And that's why it is so imperative to get out of those cities. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you're stuck there, all is not lost. You can make this happen, but you're going to have to be very nimble on your feet. Um, and it's it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to have to move. Um, you're going to have to move like a soldier. And one of the examples for, for a water party was um, instead of for, for every basically pole with a pair of five-gallon jugs on it, um, you would have at least one person carrying and you would always have one person out front, like a block to three quarters of a block out front of you checking corners and looking for looking for, you know, oh, is anybody coming? So it's it's not one of those. I'm just going to walk past this building. Uh, no, you you stop. Poke an eye around the corner, take a look, who's on your right, who's on your left, things like that. And absolutely, it doesn't matter if you just spent all day scrounging these two great big bags of canned goods that are that are just going to be a boon to your survival. If all of a sudden a pack of bad guys comes around the corner and they're, you know, they're there ready to take your stuff and you're way outnumbered and way outgunned, drop it and run. And that's what they all said. All these survivors said, no, drop it and run. Yeah, I mean, you have no choice at that point. Uh, you know, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, we think, oh, you know, the police are there to take care of us. That ain't going to happen in those situations. You are your own first responder and you need to be uh, just your personal safety and survival has to be top priority uh, is really the best thing I can say. Uh, one thing, if you want to, and we didn't talk about this, but I'll bring it up. If if you're a gamer, I've, I've been known to play a video game here and there in my life before, uh, and you enjoy more indie video games, I recommend This War of Mine. Uh, it's a little bit of a play on the Sarajevo, Sarajevo situation from the civilian aspect of it. Uh, so, again, I understand life is not a video game, but if you want to see how tough it can actually be in these types of situations, I recommend you give that a shot. It's an older game. 
I really enjoyed it and definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things, especially you were talking earlier about fuel uh, when it gets cold or you need to cook or things like that. It's incredibly difficult to, you know, find that and you really have to prioritize different things uh, than you naturally would uh, during a non SHDF scenario. So it's, it's definitely a bit of an eye opener if you've never really thought about this before, but uh, yeah, give that a shot. If, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm sure that I'm going to get a lot of hate comments down there from saying that, Oh, you shouldn't be playing video games for SHGF. Well, yeah, during it, I promise you, I won't, but uh, you know, beforehand we can do it now, but it can give you an interesting, interesting look on it uh, from a different perspective than what you usually see. But yeah, one uh, you're kind of talking about, you know, a little bit of animal husbandry there, which I thought was a very interesting concept because, you know, most people are like, like you were talking about, we're going to be, you know, scavenging for canned food or things like that. But being able to produce your own could be so critical, uh, you know, just being able to do that in a small space. And rabbits and pigeons do seem like an interesting idea. Uh, I mean, especially if you can start working on that now, if your apartment complex is amenable to it, or maybe you just keep a pet rabbit, in, you know, in your apartment complex. They aren't going to make any noise. I can promise you that. Well, not until you thunk them over the head, but, you know. Well, yeah, you know, but uh, <laughs> you got you to get used you get, get used to that sort of thing. Get used prepared. to that. Yeah. And so the, what they were saying was, um, <clears throat> was three does and a buck. Hmm. Um, once you get that process started, will provide you with um i believe it was three um three meals of meat every week or no two meals of meat every week which really solid. you know getting getting meat twice a week that's that's more than a lot of people in the third world get yeah today yeah. and so, there's there's a reason they call it breeding like rabbits uh we'll just, yeah. we'll just call a spade a shovel here uh you right. know there's a, there's a reason they call it that so uh definitely a great option for you if you're in an apartment i'm not saying you start up your own breeding operation right now because you will quickly become outnumbered uh but uh definitely something you could uh you know maybe get your pet bunny going and uh see see how things turn out see how you like it something you can consider uh so yeah water uh let's talk about water because this water is, is the big one this is the big one mm -hmm. uh i mean we've talked about you know things like seal cock keys and things like that before on the channel uh a great option you know for a lot of water that might be you know less accessible i'm not going to say you know not accessible but uh what are your thoughts on water mike because this seems like a really important thing to answer yeah so <clears throat> water was probably the biggest one uh, that was mentioned across the board by everybody as as the most difficult thing to have to get because you have to get it every day. You cannot rely on rain or snow, uh, especially snow. Snow and ice, they said, was probably, you know, they, they all thought, oh, wow, we've got snow and ice. This is going to be great. Then they didn't have the fuel to melt it. That's a problem. Um, but the biggest the biggest issue is you've got to go out and you've got to get it and there's so many things in a city so many more things in a city that contaminate the water because you've got you're you're gonna wind up with with sewage okay we can get over sewage right we can get past that we can we can filter and we can purify got it all i gotta do is lay up some granular bleach filter it a couple of times and I can I can defeat that. But then you've got petroleum products everywhere. You can't filter out 
all those things, right? You got petroleum products, you got industrial chemicals, you've got, you know, just all the garbage that's in a city. Not to mention, you know, all the things that are being brought in by by either the disaster or the conflict. And it's just the water is a nightmare to have to deal with now. So you've got to get real smart on like uh, multi multi layer sand and charcoal filtration. That's a big thing, and that's and if it and if your your water is is petroleum contaminated, you're gonna have a big problem even with that because now you filtered out say five gallons in your uh, in your sand and and charcoal filter. Now you got to swap it all out. Because it's all contaminated, but <laughs> I mean, you you can filter it, you can do that, but how many times are you going to need to filter it before you've got it all out? And what if you've got industrial chemicals in there? You know, if if you've got industrial chemicals in there, you may be in a situation where you cannot filter any of that out. What's your only option after that? Distilling, and that's it. That takes and, a lot. And what does distilling require? Fuel. Fuel, which is in ridiculously short supply in cities like this, either because the city's burned or you may be in a situation where the city is soaking wet. So, yeah, yeah that's I a mean, problem. I had, uh, I had friends who lived through Andrew down in Florida, and they said that the sewage was just everywhere when the city flooded out. Uh, it was just disgusting. And I, I think disease is going to be a huge issue in a situation like this, not just because, you know, even if it's not like a flooding situation, if, uh, you know, grid down scenario or something like that for an elongated period of time, the, the sewage management system starts to back up uh, and real fast. And that there's only one direction for it to go after that, and that's up. Uh, and so, yeah, you may be okay for the first couple of days, but once those pumps stop working, uh, you're going to have a lot of disease in these places. And of course that would, you know, potentially breed rats, which, uh, you know, take a line from demolition, man, it's the best rat burger I've ever had. Uh, right. but, uh, still, uh, not exactly the, the situation you want to be in. So like you said, uh, as always in situation like this, everything's trying to cut you. So to make sure you take care of your PPE as best you can, especially if you have to leave leather gloves, long pants, good pair of boots, stuff like that. Uh, make sure that you don't get any, you know, just contact contagion uh, that could end up putting you out of business faster than, you know, a roving gang could do. Yeah. How would you like a nice, nice little, you know, problem with tetanus in the middle of all this thing? Yeah. Because, yeah. because when you was your on, last tetanus shot, right? Right. Because you stepped on a rusty nail mm -hmm. of which there's about a trillion of yep. in one of these situations. Yeah. It's, it's everything wants to cut you. Everything wants to poke you. Everything wants to slice you open. It's just, it's bad news in a situation like this. And you, you got to understand you you don't have all the backup that you would normally have, which is why, you know, it's that imperative to not be there when things go bad. That's why you're supposed to be paying attention to things. But there are some people, you know, and it just happens yeah. that sometimes you just get stuck there. Um, so, you know, we hope for the best. And we prepare for the worst. And that's what that's what we're all doing here in the first place. That's what um, prepping's about. That's right. Um, but yeah, those top three things were the big things um for your logistics, which is the water, the food, and the uh and the fuel. Now the food's not nearly 
as difficult just because let's face it, there's rats, there's rats everywhere. And you can, uh, if you, if you understand what it is that you're doing, you can, you can do some, uh, uh, you know, you can do a little bit of gardening in little plots scattered around here and there, but you know, you, you got to be careful. And honestly, you know, probably uh, a v incredible version uh, or an incredible example of, of guerrilla gardening, uh, which is what it used to be called, um, was, uh, what was that? What was that Will Smith movie? Um, uh, I am legend. I am legend. Yep. Yeah. Where he was in New York and he had, he had his little garden plots. Mm -hmm. scattered around so he used to just show up and just you know pick a little corn and How'd he a went? couple of zucchini and move on that's the zombie apocalypse right there that was bad news bears kids it was uh, yeah um but so um uh, but yeah little little garden patches scattered around here and there one gets compromised well let you know go. yeah let it go but you're basically going to wind up having to grow two, three hundred percent more than what you're actually going to need because you have to assume those things are going to get compromised. Um, your fuel becomes an issue. Um, you know, there, uh, God, what was it? The in in the city of Charleston uh, during the Civil War, they oh, yeah. uh, during the siege there, they they said the city was nearly stripped completely of of trees. Yeah. Um, everybody trying to everybody trying to keep fuel going. So. Um, but yeah, it, your, your logistics are, are significantly tougher and your, um, your, you know, from the tactical standpoint, having to remain flexible and the things that you're going to wind up having to put up with, um, and just keep on moving. Um, and, and that was that the, the psychological part of of surviving in a city was just really, really actually very tough to read about. Um, you were, we were, we were seeing a lot of, um, you know, during the second world war cities under siege, uh, well, there were virtually any one of them, uh, where rape was ridiculously common, mm -hmm. both, both on women and men. It didn't matter. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's from, Soldiers, gangs, whatever. Uh, but yeah, rape and murder are just the regular part of the day. Commonplace. Yeah. And I think that's something that you mentally need to prepare for and kind of think about ahead of time uh, before any of these things start to happen. Uh, and so just be prepared for that. Hopefully we never have to deal with it. But obviously, you know, having a bug out location would be so much better. Uh, you know, then having to try and make it in the cities. But what we wanted to talk about here is the fact that you can do it. People have done it in the past in these terrible situations and, you know, they've made it. It's tough. It's real tough. And I, me saying that seems to not really do it justice in my opinion, uh, but it's the best I can do. But yeah, I mean, if you can secure a place, even a small place, uh, you know, somewhere out of town, that could mean a lot, uh, you know, the difference between life and death possibly if you can get out in time and that's always the trick is being able to get out in time yeah and it's it's you know and it's not necessarily even even just that uh, you you know you may have a you may have a, a you know completely unforeseen disastrous black swan or, or or you know whatever type of an event um just like the guys were talking about on their video just the other day with okay you're in chicago you're there for a for a business meeting. You're only there for one night. You have only brought a carry on and no 
no nothing no gear packed no nothing at best you've got like your wazoo cash belt and yeah all of a sudden emp hits shuts everything down pop quiz hot shot what do you do now well yeah, you, yeah. sometimes you just get thrown into these things and it's not a question of of you know i'm in my home city and i need to be able to get out of here because i've been watching everything you may just be completely out doing what people do every day and you may be stuffed all i'm going to say to that situation is stay out of east chicago and gary indiana that's all i'm going to tell you right there i've gone through chicago and gary enough to know uh that you do your best to avoid those locations so if that happened to me that's what i'm doing i'm staying out of those spots uh but uh yeah with only you know what you carried with you that's it's going to be a hard sell and yeah you could definitely get thrown into that and not have any forewarning so you know if that does happen i think being able to think on your feet being able to, you know, really assess the situation, you know, have strong situational awareness, be aware of what's happening around you, and just really to be able to improvise. Like you said, Semper Gumby, always be flexible in these types of situations because otherwise somebody's just going to break you because you weren't flexible enough. Right. And, you know, understand that those, uh, that, that nice little black and white of right and wrong. Yeah. That's going to, that, that, the, the label that's on the outside of that's going to get going to get torn off and you're going to yeah. see that you've got a real thin little white line and a little thin black line and a great big fat area of gray in the middle and you know it sucks okay mm-hmm. it sucks you're going to wind up having to do some things that you don't want to do period that's all there is to it because that's the real world um and uh <laughs> what was it that uh, John Cusack said in uh, gross point blank uh, I was recruited because my psyche val showed a propensity for having uh, a uh, having a uh, certain moral flexibility. There you go. Yeah, you know Oof. what? Steal a car if you got to steal a car. Yeah, those lines are going to get really blurred, you know, in a situation yeah. like that. And so, you being able to understand that and not uh expect yourself to be like a paragon for justice uh in that moment uh can be difficult for some people such as myself but i understand that it's what would be required in that situation and so uh just be flexible have lots of plans is really the best thing i could say if we're gonna if we're gonna sum up everything here uh you know to kind of close this out if you're planning to survive in the city during a disaster you've got to have a ton of plans and be able to adapt those plans to multiple situations. Absolutely. <clears throat> and you know what uh what what helps you with a lot of that is is, you know, study in advance. Mm-hmm. And where do we get all that information from? Well, we've got a great source of that information and that is going to be our new Survival Dispatch Insider. Make sure you check that link down in the description if you want pure, raw, unfiltered comment without ads, and you want all the good stuff that we can't post here because of, well, you know, reasons, uh, make sure you check that out. And of course, as always, if you haven't done so, make sure you click that like and subscribe. Leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you're planning to do if you have to survive in a city. And we'll catch you on the next one.